Welcome back to Empower with Emma with me, Emma Kyo. So this week we have a beautiful lady. She is a psychologist, a ray of sunshine. She is on to tell her story about her own struggles, about, you know, being a mom and how that shaped who she is today. When she was younger, she used to feel things more than she ever wanted to and that's what made her go into her line of work as a psychologist today we have Clodagh Campbell well welcome to the pod Clodagh how are you thank you so much for having me I am great I'm great how are you I'm really good. I was really excited. So like for people who don't know, we'll get into it anyways. Claude is like a ray of sunshine and like what she does on social, etc. And I know Claude, we actually were like Insta friends for ages. I remember we done a live. Oh God, that was that last year or two years ago, I'd say. At least two years yeah. ago. I think that was like the thick of COVID. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And we are Insta friends and they were friends as well. So it's so nice. I think like social media can be such a nice place as well when you do reach out like there is nice people out there like-minded people and that's how like we're pals now as well and we're with you at the same age and so it's so nice so yes let's get into it so tell people a little bit about yourself Claude Campbell where to begin when people ask me this question my god I feel like going right back Mm. to the very start well Um, yeah we've loads of time here you know this (laughs) this is like storytelling at its finest it's like this is what the chats are about So people will know me, I suppose, because I'm a psychologist. Mm. Um, I share lots of content online. But I also try to share the person that I am behind that too. So I am a mom to two beautiful little girls. Um, I am a daughter, a wife, a friend. And, you know, as well as all of us, I struggle with lots of different things as is the human existence and the human experience I just tend to I suppose share that a little bit with people to help others feel less alone that is my motivation for everything to help others feel less alone and to help others see that we are far more alike than we realize and I became a psychologist because I think during my early years I felt quite alone in my struggle I felt quite like I I guess even weak for having a struggle in the first place yeah yeah and I wanted to start to talk about that Mm. and to let go of my shame and to let go let go of the taboo and just show up as my authentic self and for some reason I found that easier to do online then I you know I think that online sharing started me sharing more of my vulnerability and authenticity in my real life but it's almost like the online stuff came first which is really interesting um of course I was terrified that people who knew me would see that sharing online um and it wasn't my friends it was more people like that I went to school with that I worked with Mm. um you know people that I might you know know through friends I was absolutely terrified what are they gonna think of me yeah um but thankfully I did it and here I am now talking to you with the lovely new pal and Yeah. yeah just that's me I guess in a nutshell 
Yeah. And then like getting into being a psychologist as well, like how did you, what, what made you actually just be like, okay. Cause like, you know, like I think there's so, sometimes there can be stigma around being like, oh my God, you can read my mind. You're telling me what to do. You're, you know, all this, like there's so many different parts to it as well. Like, and I'm such an advocate of therapy and going to therapy as well. It's like, what was that point for you where you were like, no, this is the journey I actually want to go down. Like you said, you wanted to like, you gravitate towards helping people as well, but then making a career out of it as well. Yeah, I think I was destined for it. My mom reminds me all the time that when I was little, I always wanted to help people, which she said I was like, I want to help them, but I don't want to have to touch them. So I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to be a physio. Um, So I think it was just always in me. I think I have a lot of compassion for people and I Mm. feel emotions really deeply my own but also that of the person that I'm with so I always just felt really compelled to like sit with people and be Mm. in them with that and that definitely partially stemmed from that lived experience that I had you know where I was that lonely person thinking oh I want someone to sit with me in this Mm. I want to talk about this with somebody who can accept me and sit with me and validate how I'm experienced and normalize it all of the things that I try to do now and you know I was surrounded by people I was surrounded by my gorgeous family my friends and it wasn't that I was alone it's just that I I think didn't share enough of myself authentically for them to know that I was feeling that way yeah if that makes sense yeah and what was that pinnacle point for you where you were like no I need I need to share now like was that when you were younger or when you're older it was when I was about 16 or 17 and my struggle I suppose was that I was adopted and I always knew I was adopted and that was fine I was really happy and content yeah. in that and I was so adored by my mom and dad like I always felt so loved by them so safe with them But I felt different, this sense of differentness, because I didn't know anyone else that was adopted. Um, And I also struggled in feeling a sense of belonging. So not with my mum and dad, but in friendship groups. I struggled in like romantic relationships when I was, you know, like you're 18, 14, 15, you're starting these relationships. I found it really hard to feel safe in those. I found it hard to trust people. Um, I felt really anxious a lot of the time and I know now that all of that stems back to that perceived sense of rejection and abandonment and I was constantly cautious that I would be rejected and abandoned again yeah at the time I didn't have that awareness you know I was like a teenage girl um totally clueless and struggling in who I was um when I think back to that time our teenage years are so hard you know we are just so wary and Mm. we're so hard on ourselves um we compare ourselves to other people so quickly so it got to a point when I was 16 17 and it felt like it all just erupted for me Mm. and I was like I just I don't know what to do with this. I don't know who to talk to about this. And I did. I talked to my parents about it. I talked to a couple of my friends about it. I went for therapy, but I wasn't ready at that stage. I think I was too guarded. Um, And I remember, I'll never forget, I went home 
I was eight so I was about 17 I think Mm. and I was still in school and I went to a teenage disco and I had met I had been going out with this guy for a couple of months and I got so upset at the teenage disco I think I was just like repressing all of these emotions and they all came flooding out of me Mm. and I met his mom for the first time (laughs) that night and I was so upset and she was so kind to me, but I, it was, I was so lost and I was like repressing my emotions and I felt so alone. So that was like the pivotal moment where I was like, yeah. this is just so hard and I don't know what to do with this. And I was carrying so many emotions that I didn't understand what they meant or why I was experiencing them. Mm. Yeah. So that was definitely the pivotal moment that shaped being here and going and studying psychology and all the work that I do now Mm. yeah and like how it's crazy team because I can totally relate and I feel like a lot of people listening will relate to that as well like I'm like yes that was me that was me that was me and only now you realize when you start doing the work or going to therapy or there's so many like we didn't have podcasts we didn't have social media when we were younger and you can use it as education we're using you know the likes of your content and podcasts as well like as education to be like I'm not alone like I actually you know I'm having these feelings where I like like what you said Claude it's so weird we were like say like the iceberg right yeah the iceberg module we were just above like you know we've seen the iceberg above and that's the way we functioned for years like as a teenager and everything like that coming into our 20s just living it up something had happened we'd either cry we'd feel a little bit anxious but we'd move on then I feel when you get into your 30s oh the iceberg is huge underneath and that's all the disbelief the negative emotions you know all the issues the triggers all that shit just comes up out of nowhere it's like the titanic hitting the iceberg it's not like it's like how do you overcome those challenges even yourself as well now especially being a psychologist like you know when you're up against things because i think even me as well it's like i deal with shit all the time i'm not always a shiny penny like Yeah. And the thing is, what I keep coming back to, even as I'm thinking back on that younger version of me now, not only was I not alone, what I was experiencing was normal. Yeah. Like all of those emotions were normal. That struggle Mm. was normal. It wasn't a weakness. It was, of course, I was feeling that way. I was trying to figure out who I was. I was trying to figure out who my family were. I was trying to figure out who I could trust yeah big time my trust had been really badly broken things had been kept from me of course I was losing my shit you know Mm -hmm. so I think when I learned that 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 was normal for me to experience that that was really a big part of my healing that that wasn't a weakness it's like that's so normal and when I sit with people now and they struggle I go to them of course you're struggling Mm. of course you are you are dealing with so much now. Like yeah. this is normal. This is good. This is part of your healing to recognize this. Yeah. And um, but how do I look after myself and how do I work through this stuff? Therapy. Oh my God, lots of therapy. Because yeah, therapists go to therapy. Like people yeah. don't realize that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I like I I always think the gift of going to therapy and having you know an hour a week Mm. for yourself to sit down and to pause and think how am I what's going on for me this week it's it's like such a luxury 
to have that space when we live such busy fast-paced lives and when we have so many responsibilities and you know for me I'm a mom of two little girls yeah I have a job you know I have a wife runs the family as well yeah so to have that space where it's that hour a week just for me yeah like that is massive that is so it is it's such a luxury it's such Mm -hmm. a treat it does feel like this gift that I give myself yeah yeah so therapy has helped definitely um sharing my vulnerable authentic self has helped hugely because Mm. the more I do it Mm. the more I feel connected to others yeah and the more accepted I am so the more I show myself the more I allow people to see me the more people grab me and say we love you just as you are yeah so for all those years I was holding back and afraid to show myself to people and to just be myself and now as I do it people are like we love you you know yeah. I can relate so much to what you're saying we're so alike let's be best friends you know yeah so sharing that like authenticity not being afraid anymore to be myself and to speak my truth that is has been so healing for me um how else I look after myself I sleep when people ask me what I do to yes. myself, I prioritize sleep because I fall apart when I'm tired. And that is, mm. you know, I'm thinking, is that a really boring answer? It is the truth. I sleep. So I always, like, mm. I'll go for naps. I will go to bed really early. Mm. Um, I will, yeah, I won't do too much. They're like, I cannot do two nights out in a row. I just can't do oh, it. Oh no, Jesus, allergic. For that. Yeah. <laughs> allergic and like one thing as well so you know like going to therapy like I know as well like do you think that definitely benefits your relationships in your in your life as in you know with your family with your friends with your husband can you notice when you go and when you don't go yeah (laughs) yes when I show up for therapy so if I've stopped in therapy for a while I will show up and I will just feel so overwhelmed Like that's normally, you know, people, we always say like, it can sometimes feel like we go to therapy or people go to therapy when they're like in crisis. Yeah. My like crisis will be like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I'm so overwhelmed. I need help to just like, I guess, just sit down and really look at how I'm living my life. And if this Mm -hmm. is if I'm living consciously like that's what I always come back to am I living consciously and what I mean by that is am I running and rushing through life ticking off all of the to-dos or am I pausing and thinking am I happy am I fulfilled am I spending time with my friends am I spending time with my children am I connecting with my husband um am I coming home to myself and like pausing and breathing and connecting and listening to like my intuition and my inner wisdom um yes so therapy helps me so much when I go and I'll sit down and I will think about my patterns my behaviors and my habits and if something is going on for me and I'm like this is really hard or we had conflict and I don't know what to do yeah so often when I pause and consider it I can think oh well what part what role am I like 
partaking in in this. Like my my go to when life feels hard is to run away, mm-hmm. like out of doubt. So that's like my protective mechanism. I run yeah. for the hills. And that could be because I'm afraid that you're going to reject me. It can be because I'm feeling so overwhelmed. I just Do you mean pull to... back? Like you'll just totally pull back yeah. and just be like, no, see, yeah, I do that as well. Like I'm, t- yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I will like hibernate and mm-hmm. I will protect myself and I will have like the tiniest circle of people around me. Mm. And then... I will come through it and I'll come out the other side and then I'll go back and I'll be like, I'm alive. I'm here. I'm sorry. So actually it's funny because as I talk about it now, it's almost like I abandon the other in it when that's my deepest fear. As in like, let's say for instance, right. So let's say if you had a bit of confrontation with a friend, with a boyfriend, whatever it is. Yeah. Would you abandon them or abandon yourself? Both. Or both. Both. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. It's so weird. It's so weird, isn't it? Where you nearly, it's like you're doing a double whammy and then your energy is actually so much lower. And then you nearly feel lower from experience as well. If you have a tip for your boyfriend, whatever I know, you'd say something or your friend, you say something and then you abandon yourself. You're like, right, I know I need to get out for a walk. I need to do something. But then you go into a tangent, you get more anxious. You don't know what to do. Like we've all been there. We've all been yeah. there. But like, how do you stop? How how do you get your battery charged again? So I will go for therapy and I'll be in like my weekly session and I'll be like, I'm just so tired. I'm hibernating. And then oh, as I'm talking about it, I'll start to think, oh, you know, this is what's happening for me. Yeah. I'll see the pattern, like this yeah. pattern that's reenacting itself because we're trying to change the original ending that like was created in the original wound. Mm. Um, so it's that like awareness, that introspection. Um, I'll realize what I'm doing and then I'll think, what do I need now? What do I need yeah. to after myself in this? But also what do I need so that I can show up, show up in yeah. my life? Often what I do, it's like, I'll get so tired. I'll feel so tired and so overwhelmed mm. that I will just like, want to lie in the couch yeah but even and that's good sometimes we need to lie in the couch mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it will be like a week later and I'll be lying on the couch and I'll still be like I'm so tired mm. so I'll think okay so the rest isn't actually doing it for me so what do I need then maybe I need to get out in nature maybe I need to get out for a walk maybe I need to meet a friend for coffee yeah maybe I need to meditate you know, it's like, what do I need to look after myself in this because of the behavior that I'm currently engaging mm. in? Um, and then you go out and you do something and you feel amazing. And yeah. like, I don't necessarily, like, I wouldn't say that I would feel low, like a, a low mood in this. It's just, I'll feel like tired and overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, So it's not like I feel depressed, but it's like just this oh I'm so tired I need a break and then your brain is tired it's like your brain it's brain fog your brain is exhausted but you could like come here I I totally relate what you're saying so I'm going through something similar right and I'm knackered had a tiff whatever it was but I know myself I haven't been to therapy in so my therapist anyways no offense you kind of grow with your therapist you know yourself you can kind of grow with them or you grow apart and then you, you get what you need so 
I was with a therapist say last year and then I was like oh no like I feel like I need something different now like you know they served me when when I needed that but then I need something but then I didn't get another therapist this was say like last say September or whatever so it's yeah. about six months now but really now I can feel it and there's people in the firing line okay and now I'm like oh girl there's patterns here yeah. so then but it's so weird right so I was like I actually made today now that you say this and this is the perfect pod to have today <laughs> right so then I was like oh my god right I'm looking up CBT therapy I was like no I've done therapy before as in counseling psychotherapy and stuff like that and I was like no I actually need to look at my behaviors and my patterns and I need to go deeper because you know what's happening for me my past is coming up again in fear with my present relationship over what happened to me and I'm like you know when you think all oh, your healing and then you're like here we go. Here we go again. And then I know now I'm like, right. So I looked up the CBT therapy. Bless. I had a call today and I'm after booking in a session. So it's about three weeks time. So I felt so responsible for me for doing that. But I was, but I'm taking my own shit to another level now. And um, it's like, do you know that way? I know now I need to catch that. It's like, I need to catch it because I can feel that festering inside me, even though yeah. I do my walks, I do my mindfulness. You need that extra layer because like me as a coach or you as a therapist as well it's like it's like I can see myself and I'm just flicking at that wound I'm scratching it like no tomorrow yeah Yeah. and I always think as well it's like we sometimes need a break from the work you know we can like do the work oh yeah go to therapy we can get so far and then we need a break because the work is really tiring yeah and you just need to allow yourself to be for a while and then when you're ready to go again you'll know Mm. so it sounds like you are at this stage where you're like I'm ready yeah I'm ready to get back into this I'm ready to like go another another layer deeper and the work is lifelong oh my god like it's lifelong and the wounds that I carry that have been with me my whole life Mm. It's it's more about working continuously to ensure that they no longer have as firm a hold on me rather than trying to get rid of them completely. You know, I'll always try to protect my heart, I think, yeah. because my heart was really hurt, mm-hmm. you know, um, and my self-worth was really impacted. So that will always stay with me. But you know what, I actually think that that stands to me too because it it impacts the type of mother I am. Yes. You know, it impacts how I show up for other people, um, especially my clients. I know what it's like to have a heart that hurts. So, you know, I can be so compassionate and caring and supportive to others when they sit with me in that too. So I wouldn't change it. Yeah. So it sounds like it, like you're using your pain as your superpower. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, and it must be so hard as well. Like even saying the words, like, you know, over the last few years, stepping into yourself as well and your higher self. Yeah. Even saying like, I'm vulnerable. I'm open. Mm -hmm. I was adopted. Like, what was that like? You know, when you first started, it's like you didn't want to admit any of those words because you were that person. Yeah. I will never forget I um the first time I met my husband's family it was like 10 years ago maybe 11 years ago and I felt less I felt less I was afraid 
what they would think of me if they when my husband or when I told them that I was adopted and told them about my family dynamics I was so worried how they were they would perceive me in that Mm. and it has shifted so much now because I know that there's nothing in that for me to be ashamed of you know I know that I am this really special person who deserves to be loved and who deserves to be welcomed into a family and that I add so much you know I add so much to my husband's life so his parents yeah. are so lucky that he found somebody that oh yeah girl and cares for him <laughs> yeah. much, you know yeah. but before I was like ashamed and I was carrying all this shame um mm. that you know I think it's intergenerational and cultural and related to like the catholic church and yeah so much and so complex but I've let that go now um so I can't even remember what your original question was but how do I what do you even ask me to I don't know I can't just, I'm just so engrossed in the conversation. It's mad, isn't it? I get really like, I. it's like I don't remember what I said five seconds ago because I get so engrossed in the conversation with the person. I'm just listening to you now going, um, it's like a therapy session for me. <laughs> as well as a chat. I'm like, this is just so nice. So yeah, I think I, you asked me, how do I like show up in and how am I vulnerable and authentic sorry it's owning it's it's owning the the things our labels that we have this is it right because I would struggle with this as well and I'm only getting into this I'd say literally the last few years but from your pain as you'd say but it's owning those labels saying I am you know I've been through these experiences in my life they have shaped me of course but it's actually opening up when you said that you were going to your um husband's family family and you're saying oh my god I'm adopted my worth the shame where it's like the label you were giving yourself the shame you were giving yourself just because you were adopted but the thing is which I think is which I absolutely love about you is like you say it with such ease and confidence like you're owning that label for yourself in order to share your story to inspire others but then there's so many people out there now that they're so ashamed it's like the minute you say adopted it's like oh my god what like that gray word like what what do you know or you couldn't even say the word you know contraception sex vagina whatever (laughs) and people were like what the hell freaking out like yeah and the reason I say it now with ease is because of the work that I've done but because I have let go of the shame so 10 years ago 11 years ago I really feared that his family would judge me and they never did. They welcomed me and they've, they have never done anything but welcome me. But at the time, I really feared how they would perceive me because of that. Mm. But since sharing my story and letting go of the shame and people embracing me and loving me and connecting me in the process, mm. now I say it with ease because there's nothing for me to be ashamed about yeah you know I know for years for years and years and years I struggled to feel worthy Mm. I struggled I pushed myself so hard in so many ways to prove my worth to people like for years and years and years when I came back like how would you say now like you know when you look back now you're like what was I doing yeah like I was the ultimate perfectionist Mm -hmm. like always trying to 
as far back as school like as far back as primary school always trying to like color inside the lines always Mm. trying to like do well at art always trying to like you know every week there'd be somebody who'd win you know best essay in primary school like I desperately want to win the best essay in like third class because that would give me this external validation oh you took the words out of my mouth yeah 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 Yeah. so I would try to be like thin I would try to be pretty I would try to like have you know the like clothes that were trendy when I was you know Mm -hmm. 14 I would try to I don't know like you know if I was in my hobbies I would try to be the best Mm. Because I thought that if I could quantify my worth, if I could quantify, if I could get, you know, these red um, ribbons or medals, or if I could get essay of the week, or if I could get an A in an essay or an exam or whatever, that that was proof that I was worthy. Yeah, because of the external validation that made you feel validated and whole because you've accomplished something where really it was the internal competition that you were battling against. Oh my God. Yes. And you know what the biggest healing for me in that was Mm. becoming a mother. Oh, love. And I, my oldest girl is five and a half. And from the moment she was born, I felt so fiercely protective of her and I adored her so much. But growing up, when she was growing up and I was growing up alongside her as this new mother, she there was nothing for her to prove. She didn't have to do anything. She was mm. just of so much value to the world just by being herself. Yeah, And that was so healing for me. It also was really, it was hard to see that because it felt me it made me feel so sad for me Mm -hmm. at every stage that Mm -hmm. I was watching her at you know the newborn stage Mm. the toddler who's learning to walk yeah you know the three-year-old who all of a sudden has a new sister so I found it quite painful to experience but also so healing because Mm. I realized that we are all born worthy we don't have to do a thing to prove or to quantify our worth by us just being here and touching so many lives in so many beautiful ways like we are more than enough there's never anything for us to prove we don't have to be in competition with anybody so now I recognize that about myself you know when through watching her and all the love she has brought into the world just by being herself I can now see that about myself. Oh, I love that. Like you just glow, do you know, that way. And it's so nice. I say it's so rewarding as well and so healing for you. But like what you said as well, I say that did bring up a lot of stuff as well and memories being like, you know, what my birth mother and why and when and all like that must have been like very hard for you as well. Like, And how was it on your second one? How was it on your second baby? Um, It was, you know what? It's funny because... When my first daughter arrived, I loved her so much Mm. that I couldn't, and this is, I know this is really normal, but I could not comprehend Mm. how I could ever love another being as much as I loved my first. 
And when we decided to have a second child, it was for me. I wanted to give a sibling to my first daughter. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily for me. You know, I definitely wanted to have my first for me. And my husband was, you know, dying to have a second. But for me personally, at that time, it was like, I want to have a sibling for my for my daughter. And when my second girl arrived, from the moment she was placed on my belly, I just felt so much love for her. And I didn't expect it because before she arrived, I didn't comprehend how I could ever love again in the way that I loved my first. So with my second, I think it just further highlighted like how much it just further highlighted how special any baby is and how much value they have to offer the world. And, you know, it really brought me back to that little baby that I was, you know, that little baby that was yeah. for adoption um, and who I, for, for years, I thought that that little baby, like my little inner child, mm. all of the different ages of my little inner child, that she wasn't of worth. So, yeah. yeah, so having my second, I think, just further compounded it, it all. Yeah. Oh, you're making me broody now. I'm like, <laughs> this is so cute. Yeah, that's like so nice as well. It's like your children and the girls, like just they did really fill that little piece of the jigsaw puzzle, that void for you. That's like so yeah. special. But Go don't on. get me wrong, motherhood is also as beautiful as it is. It's also the hardest thing. I've oh, ever done. I know. Even my my um, what you call it, my niece. Claudine um her like it's hard, like hard work like even if you're minding her as well full-time job I'm like oh my god yeah. like it is rewarding and she absolutely loves her but she's like Emma yeah. it's hard and then it's even, hard work even to and think like you... my nana had 11. Oh my god I can't <laughs> I can't do this like what but if you even think about what I've shared with you my biggest fear in life is like rejection and abandonment. Yeah. Yeah. And I had this fantasy that when I became a mother, and this is like, I, I was so naive in thinking this. Mm. I had this fantasy that my my girls would love me unconditionally yeah. and that I would never feel rejected or abandoned okay. by them. Right. And oh my God, the rejection and abandonment that I felt just really? because of them being little, like normal little curious about the world children Mm. you know um and it's so important for me to like check myself in that and think you know what am I looking for here in this relationship yeah you know I need to work through this and this is mine this is not for them to um give me or to heal me this is for me to work through um so as beautiful and as gorgeous as it is it's also challenging and yeah I think I've had to learn to work through that as well yeah and share them as well you know between daddy and mommy as well and you come here it's only gonna get nearly worse in a way not in a bad way but you know when they're in their teenagers they're like I hate you yeah. you're gonna be like oh my god what's yeah. going on? I'm gonna be roaring and be like I need to go to I need a therapist 101 please yes. yeah. three appointments a week yes yes oh yeah I know this is the thing like you know I, I think I remember those times where oh my god I said to my mom I wanted to kill her at one stage. 
oh. deadly serious by the way um, we it. I just yeah it's just when you're in those teenage years it's like oh it's just horrible isn't it like you think you're never gonna come out the other side like yeah. do you know that way it's but hard. I do think it's so hard and I think in relationships I went through another phase of that as well and through therapy you can just join the dots and self-navigate and let go and stuff and I'm kind of at that place now again yeah. but with myself not with yeah. like you know how I show up in all my relationships as well like, and I can see niggly things happening again do you know that way it's more like self-awareness yeah and it's like it is it's so tough it's like life is a roller coaster like I swear to god yeah and always will be like there is always going to be things that challenge us and days where we feel like we're at rock bottom but you just pick yourself back up and you start again and you figure it out with your therapist (laughs) yeah and like is there something is there anything now at the moment that you feel you struggle with and you're working on at the moment yeah so I have been working on feeling it it definitely stems back to everything we've already talked about where I just Mm. have this like desire to always succeed so that is that's always going to be part of me and how that has manifested in my life in the last year or two is that I take on so much you know if an opportunity presents itself I will say yes Mm -hmm. if uh if there's something that I want I will work for it until I get it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so recently I've had to really pull back on that and really think what is the drive that's pushing me to do this and is that actually how I want to be so I'm pulling back by saying no I'm pulling back by slowing down pulling back so that I can be more present in my life with all of the people that I love and with all of the connections that I have and that's a bit scary because it's like you know, I have to be firm and solid in myself and remind myself that I don't need to prove myself anymore. Yeah. And yeah. also that if I say no, that that doesn't mean that I'm going to miss out or that that's not, you know, sometimes when we say, so I, I remember saying no to an opportunity a couple of years ago and it was given to somebody else. And then they carried on with that collaboration for a couple of years and I always had that like oh if only I had said yes to that but actually you know I really believe now that if we check in with ourselves with our inner wisdom with our good instinct and ask ourselves Mm. you know what's important now is this the right time that we know and I said no to that opportunity for a reason and perhaps that other person needed that more you know I was okay without it and I think everything always comes back to us if it's meant to. So yeah, I'm working really hard on just being really present with my girls, with my husband. I saw loads of my friends over the weekend and I hadn't seen them for a while. And I was like, Mm. I really, really want this to be my focus now for this year. My relationships, my connections, being really present for them, being really present for myself. So that's, that's definitely what I've been working on recently yeah no definitely like I I can totally relate to that as well like especially like you know being I think a lot of people would relate to this as well like being a perfectionist always succeeding having to have that notch on the belt because like I did hear something before it's like the likes of success is external it's external validation is achievements but the likes of greatness that comes from internal and acts of service yeah yeah and that's what you're doing so what do you want like so for me when I heard that I was like 
so what do I want to be? Do I want to be successful with all, you know, diploma, diploma, this and that? Or would I rather be, you know, feel, you know, greatness in a sense of helping people and acts of service? I was like, that actually lifts me up way more than, mm. you know, keep on going to put that other notch in the belt or that other step to the ladder for who who am I doing that for like what validation am I getting and then you're just like on to the next on to the next and then you're like when does that stop yeah my word for this year is meaningful yeah so in my work how I'm like gauging a lot of things Mm. is is this meaningful yeah is this going to meaningfully help somebody or is this like surface level and it go it's the same in my relationships can I connect in a meaningful way with yeah. my family with my friends with mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. yeah and I think that relates really strongly with what you're saying there yeah definitely and it's nearly like fulfillment as well isn't it because we all did like jobs as well like where you're like oh, I'm just doing this and I'm like but you're you're feeling that like how would you say that kind of long and, and that can be in a lot of things like it, whether it's your job or your relationship your friendship whatever it is situationship yeah. it's like those little core things that, that we never asked ourselves like imagine if we were educated on all this stuff in schools I always say oh my god like I yeah. feel like everyone in the mental health world would be out of business like because yeah. literally like when you think about asking yourself the questions is this meaningful for me this friendship or what like you know how do I show up yeah. no I show up 80 percent there 20 okay I, yeah. I don't think that I can keep showing up here because it's making me feel drained you know it's crazy yeah yeah and giving yourself permission to like ask that question and then to to respond to that question too mm, you know? like giving yeah. yourself permission to do that like to consider yourself mm. um that's such a valuable learning that mm. I think comes with age Mm-hmm. Um, and again lots of therapy you know we don't always consider ourselves in that way yeah and that's that's definitely something I've worked on over the last while is responding not reacting mm-hmm. and the outcome always always comes back so much better and I'm like oh my god I handle that so well and I don't feel activated I'm able to talk like so if I was ever having I don't say an argument. It's more like you're having a conversation on how to feel heard. I talk like this. I don't raise my voice. I don't raise my tone. I like to feel heard. Yeah. And it's always a conversation. It's never like an argument because you're responding to the person. You're you're not letting that emotion overcome and you just go AWOL, which we all do. And we did before. But it's crazy when you actually learn to be like, okay. And like I even heard a thing before. It's like if you're thinking about something, sleep on it but if you're still thinking about like say like 36 hours later then say something don't just like react it's like you know don't text back when someone texts you or if you need to do something or react it's like you know just make yourself a cup of tea come back into the room it really does work wonders doesn't it yeah and I think so often we will be in like autopilot that when that text comes in or that email comes in we'll reply straight away without Mm. actually considering it the way you said just there whether whatever it's to do with if it's to do with you know a friend asking you to do something or you know a work email will like respond in autopilot so having that awareness to think oh maybe I'll think about that first maybe I'll look at my diary and or maybe I'll you know think about how I want to spend that weekend or how I want to spend that week 
or if this event that I've been asked to speak at aligns with what I'm all about Mm. like that is so powerful to and and so often I will be like typing out the reply and I'm like yeah okay I I know I'm doing this in autopilot let me just yeah 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 and you're owning your own power as well because like you're charging your battery first as well and you're understanding yourself because even like you don't always have to be like yes 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 it's like for who this is for you it's okay to mm-hmm. say no it's okay to regulate yourself I could mm-hmm. hear I could literally sit here all day like talking to you as we always do anyways when we see each other um but if you were we're going to finish up the pod with a one last question so if you were to give I always finish with this advice to your younger self what would it be and why that's a really good question and I want to really think about it for a minute you take your time what advice would I give to myself I think for so much of my life I tried so hard like I tried so hard at everything it was like I was always like on Mm. on high alert trying to be perfect, trying to achieve, trying to succeed. So I think the advice that I would give myself is to just be, just be you. Mm. You are so lovable. You are so worthy and you are so special. Just by being yourself, you don't need to just be on all the time. Mm. I think that is what I would say oh that's so beautiful and it's so nice as well just to like strip back yeah bear strip it all bear that's so beautiful well thank you so much Clouda Campbell for coming on today on the pod where can people follow you and listen to your pod as well yeah so you can find me on Instagram at the wellness psychologist I've just ventured into TikTok, so I'm there at The Wellness Psychologist too. And you can listen to my podcast, Unspoken, where you'll find wherever you normally listen to your podcasts. And Unspoken is really about everything that we've just discussed, being authentic, sharing our story, letting go of our shame and our vulnerability to be you know, raw and speak our truth and help other people feel less alone in that so tune into that well thank you so much and you have been a ray of sunshine as always so everyone Claude Campbell the wellness psychologist thank you well that's it for today on the pod I hoped you loved the chats as much as I did I know I always say that but that's why I do the pod I just love coming on and having like-minded conversations and learning as well I was totally engrossed and being like hypnotized listening to Claudia as well she's so relaxing I absolutely love her definitely give her a follow and listen to her pod as well and before I go I thought I would tell you my amazing news as well I have an amazing workshop on in the Mason Hotel on the 22nd of April. It's my first indoor workshop and I literally cannot wait for it. It's a three hour workshop. There's going to be a bodyweight workout, so nothing too strenuous, a gorgeous clean and clean breakfast in the Mason Hotel. And then I'm giving an empowerment workshop followed by a meditation with Reiki healing and a sharing circle. Don't be afraid to come on your own. It's going to be a really nice intimate session as well. Like spaces are limited and it's all about growing outside your comfort zone as well. It's going to be a gorgeous morning to give back to yourself. Also as well, 
I'm going to have another walk on. So for anyone who has been on my mindfulness movement and meditation walks, I'm all about the outdoors. Giving back to yourself, giving back to, you know, that energy that you want to have. And it's so enjoyable to meet like-minded people. Bring your friend, your foe, your family, your dog. It's just a gorgeous way to set yourself up as well. And you're going to learn so much. You can follow me as well. Um, at Emma Kyo, E-M-M-A-K-E-H-O-E and you can see all this information on my reels and you can see it's just so beautiful head over also to my website www.empowerwithemma.ie for more details and I'll see you next week